Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. The best day of the week recording for NFL Week 4. As always, joined with the boys, Blaine Wheeler, Johnny Rowe. Great to have them as always. Really fired up for this slate. Um, I'm sure you guys, hopefully you listened to our reaction on Monday. Sorry that didn't come out after the game. I was traveling back, just had some things going on. And quite frankly, I don't think anybody really wanted to talk about the game. Uh, But we got it in. Um, You know, I think as long as we get it out, either that night or the day after, I think we're that's kind of our plan moving forward. Just wanted to keep you guys informed. Uh, we'll go through the slate this for a week for week four here. Talk about the Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football. We'll wrap it up with Johnny's final thought, and we will take it from there. A couple things sprinkled in throughout the slate as well. Figure it out, pod, pool. I have a feeling that not just myself, but somebody else on this pod might have to apologize for their grievances um, in terms of not filling out the pod pool this week. Before we hop into the slate, let's get uh, get the word from the boys. Blaine, we'll start with you. Looking dapper as always. Shirt and tie means business on week four today. What's yeah, up, brother? Not meaning to. Had a few um, with rubbing elbows again, but... Ah! Opening, you know, thinking of my opening statement, there's so much parody in the NFL right now. Like I say that every year, but this year is ridiculous. Um, I mean, I was listening to the power rankings as an esteemed NFL analyst and had the Colts at 26th best team in the NFL after beating the Chiefs, who he had four. I mean, well, th- it's just going to be a hell of a year for the rest, and it makes it really, really hard, but it makes it fun for some betting purposes. And for this episode, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, before we get to Johnny, good to have you back. Missed last week uh, out on the East Coast, so we're glad you're back with us, brother. Appreciate it. Johnny, what's up, brother? Hey, guys. Another great day to be here on the Figure It Out podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I we were just talking before this, like, I am so thankful that we have the NFL right now. Like, I was so mad for a few days after the Chiefs game. As the days have gone on, I've started to accept it more and more. It is what it is. The Chiefs have an opportunity. Uh, to go three and one after this weekend. And like I mentioned on the podcast, if you'd have asked me before the season, what the, if the Chiefs could go three and one in their first four games, I mean, I would I would have taken that as a real positive. So I really hope they can right the ship, get on track. I mean, and really, like if the Chiefs don't have the worst special teams game I've ever seen, uh, they still win the game. So it's like all of your all of your shortcomings are magnified when you lose games like that. But the Chiefs have a real opportunity to right the ship here. And uh, I, I couldn't be more excited. You know, it was it, just recently, it was like June and we didn't have any NFL. So I'm super thankful that we have this opportunity to talk about the slate. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about Chiefs Colts, um, it seems that the national media and media that I listen to <clears throat> and trust, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, um, you know, media that I trust about the NFL, I think everybody kind of understands that the Chiefs had the worst special teams day possibly of all time um, yeah. and still had a chance to win. So it's been a little bit more manageable to listen to the people talk about our game against the Colts. Before we move to week four slate, let's go through here. All three of us have a takeaway that we have from week three. Let's start with Johnny this week. I believe I started last week when it was just him and I. So, Johnny, your takeaway from week three. My takeaway is that um, I I will never – I will never truly know the rules of football. <laughs> I, I wa- and, and none of us do. Seriously, guys, like we watch, 
we watch so much football and everyone that I know watches so much football. Frankly, I cannot imagine a better week spent than watching Monday night football, Tuesday night matching, whenever that comes back, whatever college football game is thrown on Wednesday, Thursday night football and other college football, some Friday night college football, Saturday college football slate, Sunday NFL slate. I would rather that I would I can't imagine a better week than watching football every single day of the week. And I don't know the rules of football. Uh, you know, we still have debates on what is a catch, what isn't a catch. I, I, I rewatched some of the Chiefs game um, that I could stomach. And like that two point conversion that they said stood that Travis Kelsey like might have caught or might not have like. Yeah, some people, they think that is a catch. Yeah, some people, they say it's not a catch. And, what, and that ties my point together. Like, I could watch as much football as I possibly could, and my interpretation of the rules could be different from somebody else. And I think that's a real issue in the game. Like, I, I don't know how they fix it, but it was very it, – it's just very apparent to me. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and having been there um, at the stadium, seeing it on the Jumbotron um, – Obviously, I'm sure the TV had the angle, too. It looked to me like uh, it, it's different on terms of a catch and a running play. He, Travis Kelsey, I don't think there's any argument here. His initial catch of the football was across the goal line. They called it a touchdown on the field. And 99% of the time, whatever is called on the field, if it's remotely close, they stick with it. Um, and it counts. But, yeah, Johnny, you're exactly right. It's hilarious. Blaine Wheeler. Just real quick. Sorry, guys, oh, real quick. Ahead, just, just to tie that up, one last thing I wanted to say. I had it in my notes and I forgot to say it. Like, just the discrepancies in football, too, it's, like, yeah. hard to hard to make sense, right? If a ball carrier, if he's running the ball and he just has to get the point of the ball over the end zone. But, like, if you catch the ball in the end zone, you have to catch it, get two feet down, secure mm-hmm. it through the ground. And, like, just stuff like that, it's, like, it's hard to explain that to like, you know, my wife loves football, but like those little things, she's just like, Oh, that's just stupid. And I'm like, you're right. It is yeah. stupid. Yeah. Like I remember one time, so, you know, again, this is a very niche thing. Sammy Watkins one time caught a touchdown pass against the lions. you a couple years ago for the chiefs in the end zone catches it for like half a second and then knocked out of his hands. If he was a runner of the football, that would have been a touchdown, but he was a catcher of the football. So it didn't count. Okay. Blaine. Sorry. I took too much time. No, you didn't. No need to apologize throughout this. Just us having fun. But my thing is, I I think I got to personally apologize to Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. I hammered them preseason and both had a great week three, have had a great start to the year. Yeah, I mean, the, the, two are, the two are combining for three interceptions in three games. Lamar has 10 touchdowns through three and just put 37 on a Bill Belichick defense. I mean, those guys have been unreal two of the best teams in the NFL because of their success. And it makes it hard for me to flip um, kind of what I said in the preseason. And I'll take a look at what I said and say, you know, the Ravens might be really good because Lamar has been really good. The Eagles might be really good because Jalen's really good. So watch out for those guys. Bill's Ravens is going to be a lot of fun this week. And I'm just excited to see how their, their year continues. So. Yeah, through three weeks, I mean, I'd have to say, I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but um, I think those two are the front runners for the MVP through three weeks. I mean, obviously a long season, um, you never know what's going to happen, but those dudes are balling right now. And before I give my takeaway from week three, I want to go back to reiterate a point Johnny was making with the Sammy Watkins catch. 
Don't forget about the old Tyreek Hill in the end zone. I think it was a Sunday night game, maybe against ah, the opponent eludes me. I kind of want to say the Bengals for some reason, but there was that one where it like he like had it and then it was bobbled. It might have been the Broncos after now that I think about it. It was Denver. Broncos, was Denver. yeah. 100% and he was had Denver. it like stuck on his hip or like in his elbow or something. And like Andy mm-hmm. wanted to challenge it, but didn't because he didn't know how they were going to rule it. Craziness. And that actually kind of brings me into my takeaway from week three. I'll be honest with the listeners, having been in Indy, didn't get to watch much of this slate. Obviously, I know what happened. Watch some highlights, yada, yada, yada. But I am maybe taking the softer route here and just going to say I am thankful that my family and my parents raised me to care about something as much as I care about football because (laughs) my Monday was maybe the worst day of 2022 minus the AFC championship game against the Bengals uh, in late January. But it just feels good to, to have something that I get to look forward to 17 days a year. And um, you know, it makes or breaks your 24 hours. I really do still um, this was ingrained in me for having lost a lot of football games for the Missouri State Bears. It's the 24-hour rule, and those 24 hours are supposed to be hurtful, but they're supposed to be really joyful, and we were on the former of that sentence uh, this past Monday, but it's washed, it's gone, and what a way to start week four as we jump into the slates. We have an amazing Thursday night game outside of the Chiefs and Chargers Thursday night game on paper, I think this one sets up to be one of the best ones through the through the first four weeks of the season. The Miami Dolphins travel to the state of Ohio to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. You might be thinking, is it Paul Brown Stadium still? No. Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. The Dolphins will go north. I wouldn't say that the Dolphins don't deserve to be 3-0, but I think it is a surprise for most people that they are 3-0. In my personal opinion, I think they should have lost to the Ravens. But when you have guys like Tyreek, as all three of us and most of our listeners know, Jalen Waddell, and a quarterback who really isn't turning the ball over that much, you have a lot of chances to win. Um, And Bengals... Off to a slower start. The boys just texted me here, and they say that the Bengals are minus four. I think that's kind of a tough line. Um, curious to hear what you guys think. I, I I absolutely love both sets of receivers in this game. I mean, there's some serious firepower on this field. If I had to lean one way or the other, I'm taking the Dolphins plus four on the road. Um, I just I, I don't know what it is about Cincinnati right now. They look a little they look. For whatever reason, they look a little hungover from having lost the Super Bowl. So um, we'll see. But Blaine, let's start with you, buddy. What do you got? Yeah, Joe Burrow's been better. Obviously, he had an abysmal game against Pittsburgh through four picks. But since then, four touchdowns, no interceptions. This is a weird line where Dolphins are 3-0, right? Bengals aren't, clearly. 1-2, and lost to Dallas, get right on New Jer- against the Jets. But... Vegas is just smart here, and if I were to go against them Thursday night with that whiteout uniform that the Bengals are trotting out, have some confidence. Something about me can't go against Vegas here. I'm going to take Bengals points. Um, Dolphins just came off their Super Bowl against the Bills in a division game there in a W. I just – this is what the Bengals have been circling since since week one, and I think they're going to come ready and 
excited to see the firepower too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Before Johnny goes, I have a question for you guys. We've we've been seeing what the Bengals are going to wear on Thursday night. They're the home team. So are the Dolphins going aqua marine uh, blue? Hurricane throwing off some travel. I don't think they prepped a lot. I think they're going to go play a football game and not not dink around. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Johnny, what do you got for us, brother? So uh, this is a tough one. And like a lot of people are saying what Blaine is saying, that this is like, I've seen people say this is a trap game or a letdown spot for the Dolphins. Um, I, I'm not really sure why. Here, here's, here's what I'm looking at, though. First off, I think that the Bengals uniforms are going to be so sick. Mm-hmm. But, but I think like the Bengals are a team that could really benefit from a cool alternate jersey. When people start saying that shit about the Kansas City Chiefs, it makes me want to do a swan dive off of the Liberty Memorial. Like, the Chiefs are a storied franchise with lots of rich history. The Bengals are like a joke of a, of a team that, that, besides last year's crazy, miraculous run, have been a disappointment for, for years. And, like, that's the kind of team that, like, that should change up their jerseys. We'll talk about them later, but the Commanders are wearing an alternate uniform to, uh, on Sunday. So, um I think the jerseys are super sick. Here's here's the biggest matchup right here in this game, in my opinion. Uh, Bengals offensive line versus Dolphins defensive line. Dolphins defensive line in their first two games this year only had two sacks. Last week against Josh Allen and the Bills, they doubled that. They had four last game. If they can continue getting after the quarterback, we've seen how that just destroys the Cincinnati Bengals. And so if they can do that, it makes me want to take the Lions – or the the uh the sorry the Dolphins, I can't do it though. I'm gonna go with Blaine here. I'm gonna take the Bengals minus four. I just think like I don't know when I see four, to me the num like when Vegas puts a four on a game, I don't know why, but it just seems like a little like sharp. It seems yeah. way different than three or three and a half. So I'm yeah. gonna take the four. And you got to keep in mind the Bills six starters were out. Not giving any discredit to what Miami did. They played a hell of a game mm-hmm. last week, but you know. Bengals defense might be better than what the Bills trotted out there last week, and it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah, love it. Um, let's Chandler. How let's... about this? This uh, this is a cool stat here. This is why I really haven't bought totally into the Dolphins yet, guys. Um, that was such a crazy game against the Bills. The Bills ran ninety offensive plays yeah. in that game. The Dolphins yeah, ran. The Dolphins ran thirty nine. 90 to 39 offensive plays. I mean, wow. I, I just I, I could not believe what I was seeing. I could not believe the Bills didn't win that game. And quite frankly, uh, you know, the Dolphins are three and zero on the back of that victory and an insane fourth quarter comeback against the Ravens that really only happened because the Ravens had like lawn furniture uh, at defensive back because everybody was hurt. Blaine. <laughs> Guys were dropping like flies. That heat was real. Like that heat, that exhaustion, that game just being so intense. And Josh Allen threw the ball 63 times. 63. Those, I mean. It's absurd. You don't see that. So and yeah. I think there might be a letdown from both of these guys this week just because of, of last week was so insane. But and, Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to sprinkle in some numbers as we go through this slate here. And um numbers that uh, don't really matter but they're kind of catching my eye i'm on espn here going through the slate and it shows tickets tickets as low as 196 for this thursday night game that is expensive what? in cincinnati i mean that, 
That's ridiculous. So Cincinnati must be really fired up for their football team, and rightfully so. Good to see. Let's jump into Sunday. Um, it'll be here before we know it. Let's get to the noon slate. Oh, wait. Not oh. the noon slate, technically. We're going across the pond for the first game at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific a.m. If you want to wake up and watch the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints, you are a dedicated Vikings or Saints fan. I'm sure if Blaine was living in the uh, was living in California, he'd be up at five, putting on his Kirk Cousins jersey. But um, what a game we have at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, England, between the Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Boy, the Saints have I would say through the first three weeks of the season, we were me and Blaine at least. I don't yeah. I really don't remember what Johnny was saying about the Saints. Uh, but, way out Let yeah down. but me Jeez. and Blaine were way in on this team and my lord have they underperformed and and, and quite frankly actually I, I I would I would venture to say that both these teams have really kind of underperformed given their roster in my opinion um I know that the Vikings picked up a big win um against the Packers in week one I'd be very interested to see if they were playing the Packers this week could they beat them 23 to 7 I would think no um, with that being said, I don't know how New Orleans, you know, Minnesota's defense is is a little suspect, but good Lord, Jameis does not look good. They can't get Kamara going on the ground. Um, but I will not be picking the Vikings in any game, as I announced last week on the pod, in any more games moving forward because I just cannot trust Kirk. Um, I'm going to take the Saints minus two and a half here in London. Um, maybe get them out of America. Maybe they get the vibes back and they come back to our soil a little bit more focused, a little bit ready to go on a little bit of a run here. Give me the Saints. Give me the points. Saints all day. Johnny. Um, I love when they have these international games. I don't know. Like I, I like – waking up and having NFL football at 830 in the morning. Like yeah, it just really is the whole, cool. cause it'll lead us right into the noon slate mm-hmm. and that will lead us right. You know, the, the only, we can just pray for an overtime game in the three o'clock window so that we have straight football the entire day. And uh, yeah, I love this kind of stuff. Chandler, you brought up a point about uh, Alvin Kamara though, that I thought was interesting. Like is he being, utilized poorly or does he stink now like I I don't know what's going on but Alvin Kamara is not the player that he was with with Drew Brees um and probably because Drew Brees like legitimately threw him the ball eight to 12 times a game like target wise and he was super super active in, in the passing game but um it hasn't really been been you know been sunshine and rainbows for Kamara so far I saw that Michael Thomas has got an injury don't know if he's going to play um, a cool stat that I saw was the last time that the Saints played the Vikings. Um, Alvin Kamara had six touchdowns in that game. Maybe this is a spot that he can get right, but of course that was a different team. What I really want to talk about here is my offensive rookie of the year prediction, Chris Olave. Chris Olave uh, had nine catches for 147 yards last week. Um, he has the most rookie wide receiver targets through three weeks in the last 15 years. He's got 32 targets, and he currently sits at plus 500 right now if you wanted to go bet him for offensive rookie in the year. So I'll put the ball in the listener's court. I'm, you know, I I, I, I think he's a great player, and especially if Mike, Michael Thomas can't go. Um, he's going to be one of the fav- favorite targets for, for Jameis. Uh, just in closing, 
I think the Saints are going to blitz the shit out of Kirk Cousins. I think we saw that have a lot of success against Kirk. I think this could be a very close game. The Saints just lost to the Panthers. This is a prideful team. They're going to have to do something here. I'm going to pick the Saints plus two and a half. I'm, that's partially because of what Chandler said. I really just – I'm so mad at Kirk from the that Eagles game that I can't bet on him again. Okay, so Kirk primetime. What about Kirk primetime morning time? I mean, he's a church guy. You think he might explode here. That's what I'm in my <laughs> viewpoint. My Ooh. viewpoint, he's early morning guy. Let's go. Come on, Kirk. <laughs> but um, I'm taking Vikings here. But the really the thing here, good point, Johnny, about – Mike Thomas being banged up. Jarvis Landry also banged up. That brings a lot for Olave. I mean, if he's on a fantasy roster of yours, start Olave now and bet into him. I, I really think he's a front runner for the OP um, rookie of the year. So good point there. Also, Dalvin Cook banged up with the shoulder and Zadarius Smith for the Vikings, uh, big cornerback banged up as well. So might be some key players out of this game. You hate to see that, but with the travel to London, I bet it's pretty pretty tough for them to get treatment specifically, and I, I bet you don't see some big-time playmakers playing this game. I'm going to go Kirk Cousins in the morning. Give me Vikings. Oh, God, Kirk Cousins. Nothing like Kirk Cousins in the morning. Um, but he's, yeah. I mean, he lives for Sunday mornings. Come on. Look at Blaine. He can't wait to get a big old cup of Kirk Cousins in the morning to start his day. <laughs> Let's move forward. We go to the with dirty my Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he'll have that. He'll have Corinthians one ten open for uh, Sunday morning if that's even a Bible verse. Moving to the dirty South, kind of a stinker, honestly, for the first noon game here that we're going to talk about. Um, in my opinion, Cleveland Browns travel to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, to take on the Falcons. I think that the Browns will have no issue here. Um, I I was very impressed, honestly, with their Thursday night performance against the Steelers. Um, they're running the ball a little bit better. Chubb's getting going. Um, and and we talked about this in the offseason, guys. This is a good roster. If Jacoby Brissett can just maintain and manage games, he can, I think that they can pick up some wins. And this is a this is a very favorable matchup against the Falcons team, who, you know, I mean, they have some decent pieces. I like Kyle Pitts. Drake London's looking pretty good so far through three weeks, but I think Cleveland's roster, I think Cleveland's defense is all too much for the Falcons in this one. Um, it's Browns minus one and a half. I think that that is a hammerable line. I mean, hell, at the end of the day, I see Cleveland winning by a field goal, and that's an easy bet there. Um, give me the Browns over the Falcons. Um, sorry, Lucas Camp. Blaine? Yeah, that Browns are going to run the shit out of the football. Uh, yep. Keep the ball away from Mariota and doing doing what you know with Pitts and London. Take that away, and and I really think it's going to be an ugly football game on a stat point. If there's an under, probably take it. But Falcons have a bottom tier rush defense in the NFL. Hand the ball up to Chubb. Let the Browns do what they can do and quiet the crowd. I know Atlanta's always fun to play, and especially. Um, even if they're bad, it's it's a tough place to play. But I think the Browns will quiet it, and not much else to say. I, I'm going to go Browns too, Chandler. Kind of a boring game, Johnny. Yeah. 
Oh, I love this game. I'm so glad you guys are down on it. I am all over the Falcons here. Falcons 3-0 wow. against the Falcons 3-0 against the spread this year. I bet them every single week. They love covering the spread. And here's what you're going to do in this game. The line's one and a half, which is gross. You're just going to you're going to manipulate that line if you can up to three and a half. Take whatever odds they give you. And you're yeah. and the Falcon, the Falcons, they, they can lose by a field goal and you're and you're totally fine. And so uh, I think that the main news you have to monitor here, Miles Garrett just got into a terrible car accident. Thank God he's not dead or horribly hurt or anything, but it's uncertain if he's going to play or not. If he doesn't play, we have seen the impact that an elite level pass rusher missing a game does look right at the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a good defense in, in Cleveland, but if Miles Garrett's not playing, they are significantly worse. And yes, one player can have that much of an impact. Uh, give me uh, at one and a half. It's gross. I would just still take the Falcons just because of the hot streak I'm on, but I will move this line to three and a half and bet Atlanta. Love the teaser play. Good call, Johnny. I think it's going to be close if or close enough to put that on a teaser and it should be a good ad. Great, great call. Yeah. And uh, going off Johnny's point of can one guy make that big of a difference? Ask the Pittsburgh Steelers without TJ Watt. All of a sudden they are not even remotely the same yeah. team. We'll talk about them here in a second, but that, that fits in very well. Um, we're staying in the South, but we're moving to uh, the Lone Star State. For an inter-division NFC East battle between the Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas looked good on uh, on Monday. Say something nice about Cooper Rush. I think he's playing himself into a, a hell of a backup in this league um, type of money. Um, when you really think about it, I mean, this guy has come in. He's won two games, and, and he's kind of got the Cowboys back to having some confidence, having some juice, because after week one, people were out on this team. Um, and I think we do need to elude this podcast may be very incorrect about the commanders. The commanders seem to be some sort of dumpster fire right now. Um, Carson Wentz just cannot stay out of his own way. Um, They're just in a weird spot. I don't understand how their defense is not good, but it isn't. Um, Dallas has a lot of confidence. On the flip side of what we just said about one guy having an impact, on Dallas's side, Micah Parsons seems unblockable right now. If he stays healthy, he could be the defensive player of the year, in my opinion. He's just an absolute game wrecker. He just really is. You have to completely change your change your uh, game plan around this guy. And and the Eagles seven days ago, uh, all over Carson Wentz had no time. Had five sacks, I believe, maybe even more than that. Maybe six sacks, if I remember correctly. I think Dallas here minus three at home is is crazy. And here's another one of those numbers that I was looking at for an NFC East battle against Dallas is one of their biggest rivals. Uh, tickets as low as twenty three dollars at AT and T Stadium. Unbelievable number. I cannot believe that. That's got to be a record. Yeah. Um, so if you're in the Dallas area, shout out our boy Mason Ceasing. I think he, I think he's for sure at this game. Don't you blame? He'll be drunk, too. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny, what do you think about this game, brother? The commanders are wearing black uniforms. All black. It has a chance to be sick, but they also stink. Um, And here's here's the matchup here. Uh, Just like earlier, you know, this football is a game about the trenches. Uh, The Cowboys lead the league with 13 sacks, 13. Um, The commanders have surrendered the most sacks, 15. And they gave up 
nine sacks last week, nine. A lot of those were on Wentz, too. I've watched a bunch of videos on Twitter, which is the least shocking uh, development possible. I'm on that app all day long. Um, But, yeah, I mean, 13 sacks, and they've given up 15. But to me, guys, like, I just think the Cowboys are so fake. I I want Commanders plus three here. The Cowboys are so, 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 so – the Cowboys are such a joke. This team sucks. You know, that – the Cowboys got absolutely embarrassed their first week of the season. And, and Cowherd made this point today, and I absolutely loved it. You know, the Cowboys got – or maybe it was, it was this week, whatever. All my days are running together. But the Cowboys in week one uh, got embarrassed by Tampa Bay, a team that's actually legit. Week two, they played the floundering Bengals who, you know, Bengals beat the Jets last week. We think they might win this week. But, the, you know, the jury is still out on the Bengals this year. And then week three – they played the the fucking Giants. The Giants are an absolute joke, and this is what the media does to people with the Cowboys. They trick them. No one, no Cowboys fans or people who don't follow the league as closely as us, like people aren't thinking about what happened to the Cowboys in that Buccaneers game. They're not thinking about how the the Cowboys offense still was not very good against the Bengals. They're thinking about the most recent thing they've seen from the Cowboys, and that's them winning in prime time against fucking daniel jones like no the cowboys suck you guys and i really think the commanders could win money line here blaine yeah i i chandler i'm sorry you you might be shocked but i'm going commanders the (laughs) the reason i'm doing it is just when, when i look at washington they beat jacksonville week one jacksonville just beat the chargers by 30 and then you go to Detroit, sold out Detroit. That's a tough place to play early in the year. They're all fired up. You lose a close game there. And then Philadelphia, there's no stopping that train right now, which commanders got boat washed. There's no excuse for that. Carson Wentz was bad. But I truly think, you know, I'm believing in Washington's weapons here with Samuel, Dotson, Thomas. You know, you, you got guys across the board that uh, McLaurin, who are really good and can show up in a game like this against Dallas and this is one that you you look at the one and two and I watched that game against Dallas Giants you know Giants might be bad Dallas might be bad and give me commanders and in a little bit of hope there they might go on a run here Dallas Tennessee Chicago win three straight and and we're talking about this differently so give me give me Washington well the commanders in Detroit I believe it was 29 to 7 and they had to fight back to make it 22 29 but that I guess that's neither here nor there in your mind Blaine but uh those weapons can make up for some time and they they got weapons yeah fair and speaking of the Detroit Lions we'll move forward they host the Seattle Seahawks um this weekend in Detroit Michigan um and I think a lot of I think for whatever reason, after we saw the Seattle Seahawks beat Denver, it kind of ties into Johnny's uh, point about the Cowboys on Monday night. I think we kind of think that Seattle's like frisky, but they stink. <laughs> Seattle just flat out stinks, and I think we need to get that out of our mind that they're really not a very good football team. When they're getting ready to play at a place that has a lot of hype, a lot of buzz, and a team right now that I think has a lot of confidence in terms of what they want to do on offense and defense. Um, I think their defense right now is kind of overperforming in terms of their personnel, uh, just and I think based solely on on the, the the mindset and the mentality that Dan Campbell's brought to that franchise. I see no issues for Detroit here. 
Um, I think they win this game pretty solidly. I think they can win it by two scores even, um, in my opinion. I'm all over the Lions here, Blaine. All over the Lions, too. I mean, you lose to the Eagles by three week one. Heck of a game. Beat the Commanders. And they should have beat the Vikings last week. I mean, the Vikings came back late and, and won that game. You look at Seattle, bad team. Detroit might be pretty good. There's not much else to say. I mean, this is a game where Dan Campbell can't screw this up. Um, you go out on a lead, you keep the lead. Don't be dumb. Go win the ball game. I'll take Detroit. Hand One quick thing before Johnny goes. Why, you know, and and I think even Johnny made this really good point uh, during our Hard Knocks preview or recap, I think it actually was. Excuse me. Why did Dan Campbell elect to kick that field goal? It made no sense. And I think that kind of comes down to, like, as much as people like him and as much as I like him and I think you two like him, like, what, you know, the game management is just maybe not there right now. Um, he came out and said he regretted it immediately after the game. Um, and 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 just kind of like Russell Wilson in um, in Denver – like Goff, Jared Goff, you got to be advocating for going for that, you know? Like you got to try and get him to change his mind a little bit. A lot of that falls on you. Um, but I, I really do see Detroit bouncing back, Johnny. Sorry about that. You could, uh, I, I love the Lions here, but I don't know what bet, okay? Uh, the Lions are 3-0 against the spread this year. The Lions, if you go back to last year too, were a great game to bet against the spread. The line I've got Lions minus four and a half. And the reason I think that's just a little tricky right now is because today in practice, uh, the Lions were incredibly banged up. No Frank Ragnow, no TJ Hawkinson, no DeAndre Swift, no Amon Ross St. Brown, no Josh Reynolds today at practice, all DNP. And so uh, Detroit's offense is second in the NFL in points per game at 31.7. All those factors considered like, I think just my bet here is I'm going to throw the Lions money line into a parlay and just take that as opposed to just hoping to God the Lions can win this game by five. Because I think Seattle stinks. I think they're going to shrink in this environment. But we've seen the Lions kind of surrender some leads, and I cannot stomach having to watch Jared Goff protect a five-point lead with, like, Jamal Williams and DJ Chark. I can't do it. So I think I'm just going to take the Lions money line. But for the sake of the spread, I, I would, if I was forced, take the Lions. Yeah, I love it. Let's move forward. We go to an AFC South battle back to a place that we don't like very much. Lucas Oil Stadium. Tennessee Titans go on the road to take on the Colts. Um in a game that always seems to be really fun for some reason for two teams that aren't the most exciting teams. Um, I, I still think Indianapolis is not very good. Um, they're just no, not, no. they're just not good. Um, I, I still <laughs> not to keep beating a dead horse. I still just can't believe we lost to them, but I just don't see how they get any offense going. The only way they can get offense going is if they get Jonathan Taylor going. Um, and he had 21 carries on Sunday for 71 yards, and he really didn't do anything um, against a Vrabel-led defense that is going to have something drawn up. And I think they are also going to blitz the hell out of Matt Ryan. Um, I think that's a really good recipe to attack a object that cannot move. Um 
and 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 we haven't seen it yet from this Titans team, but I think that Derrick Henry might have a day here. Um, I think he really might go off in this game. Look for the Titans maybe to make this one kind of ugly. Um, Colts though, you know that place is going to be fired up. They can win two in a row at home, get some more confidence going. But I'm pretty confident in the Titans being an underdog here, plus three and a half. Give me the Titans all day, Johnny. Yeah, I like the Titans too. I hate this Colts team. I don't like the Titans either um, at all. But um, Derrick Henry had like 20-something rushes last week for 80-some-odd yards and a touchdown. He still has not eclipsed the 90-yard mark. So Obviously, he hasn't had a 100-yard game. He's going to get that at some point and indoors here on the turf. Like, I just, I don't know, man. I think that, I think I'm going to be plugging Derrick Henry into all my DFS lineups this week. For some reason, I just have a feeling about this game. And and Chandler, you're right about the offense in Indy. It is terrible. It is bad. Like the only reason that they scored their touchdowns is because on, you know, they recovered a fumble at like the four yard line and it took them like three plays to get in. And the other time was they had that long drive at the end that was aided by the Chris Jones penalty, which was the most deflating thing possible. As Blaine said, we looked we looked like we knew that they were going to score after that after that flag. So um, you take out those two touchdowns. The Colts had six points against the Chiefs, six coming off of a week where they got shut out by the Jaguars. And the week before that, um, only putting up 20 points against the uh, the Texans and all those points coming in the fourth quarter. Like if you look at the Colts season, their offense has been an absolute disaster. And uh, while this game might be ugly, I just think three and a half is too many points. Like I, I couldn't, I could see the Titans blowing out the Colts. What I can't see happening is the Colts beating the Titans by like more than a field goal. So I think three and a half is a great line. Uh, this this game is really really tough i mean these these two play each other well all the time every time so that's when you whenever you look at it you're like man this is the hardest game to bet this week in the nfl slate week four by far and, and i'm staying far away from it looking at Traylon burks is sick i think he'll be fine looking down the injury report i don't see much but deforest buckner elbow i you know Stephon gilmore somehow got banged up a little bit we'll we'll see what happens but um Colts didn't show me enough last week. Simply didn't show me enough. And I think the Ra- the Raiders are a lot better than an 0-3 team. And Tennessee went up big early. And I think that if, if they smack the Colts in the mouth, I, I really like Tennessee here. And if I were to gun to my head, I'm going to take Tennessee. Yeah, let's keep moving forward. Chicago, Bears, 2-1. and one. Say something nice about the Bears. 2-1. and one. And one of the weirdest 2-1 and one teams in the league go to take on another two and one team the new york giants who just picked up their first loss of the season on monday night football um it's crazy to think that the winner of this game is going to be three and one (laughs) but uh a crazy stat let me see if i can try to find it here about the uh about some some of this this bears offense um hold on just give me one second i've got it right here i've got it right here the bears as a team have 297 receiving yards on the season. Stephon Diggs, Jalen Wall, Tyree Kill, and A.J. Brown all have more receiving yards than an entire franchise. I believe Justin Fields is like under 100 passing t- attempts or something crazy like that on the He's season. I, 
I don't know where the Bears are getting this offense from. Khalil Herbert had a hell of a day last week. Um, I, I don't know that he can keep he can keep that up. Um, I just don't even know where to go in this game. I mean, like Johnny said, Daniel Jones. It's just a battle of two really not good quarterbacks and Giants minus three. I feel like at the end of the day, you favor the home team here, but I'm going to give Turner a bone here. I'm taking the Bears plus three. Um, I think that Roquan Smith and the defense can get after Daniel Jones a little bit and maybe try to shut them down. But if it's a shootout, I weirdly tend to lean towards uh, uh, the Giants here. But I'm going to take the Bears plus three, make them three and one. Um, Big, big confidence boost maybe for Justin Fields getting a big road win here in an NFC matchup. Johnny? I'm going to go further on how horrible this Bears offense is. So I think it's kind of fun uh, <laughs> because, you know, Daniel Jones is is horrible, guys. Daniel Jones is bad, okay? So, Chandler, you mentioned that the Bears have 209, 297 receiving yards total. Uh, that means Justin Fields only has 297 passing yards through three weeks. Um, that is by far the lowest in the NFL. Uh, in fact, Justin Fields' 297 passing yards through the first three weeks is the lowest total since the merger for a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, it's the lowest total for any quarterback who started and finished three straight games at any point in a season since 1975. We have This is the most pathetic passing offense that we have seen since 1975 and, and potentially beyond that. Um, Daniel Jones has... 560 yards passing on the year. Justin Fields has 297. Let's 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 just go up this up the leaderboard from Fields at the very bottom for passing yards. Second worst, Jimmy Garoppolo, 365. He has 70 more yards passing than this guy and he's played like a game and a half. The next lowest, Cooper Rush. He's played like two games, 514. And let's go all the way to the top of the leaderboard, Josh Allen. He has 1,014. <laughs> he has 1,014, and Justin Fields has 297. They're, they're going to have to do something, guys, because this is the most fluky 2-1 team playing the second most fluky 2-1 team uh, in the entire league. I've got the over-under at over under at 40. Yeah. Uh, my, my pick is the under. I think these teams are – this is going to be bad. I mean, I, I said earlier in the podcast, like – you know, I remember the days in April and June when we didn't have football. This is this is about as bad as it gets. Um, so if I had to pick something, I would I would take I would take the uh, I would take the Giants minus three. Uh, but my pick here is the under, um, and I think the Bears are just going to run the shit out of the football, which they have had success, some success doing. But this Giants defense is much better uh, than the Texans defense. Blaine. Yeah, and you talk about. Justin Fields being so bad. Sterling Shepard tore his ACL late in that game against the Cowboys. The number one wide receiver for a bad quarterback of the Giants and Daniel Jones. And Kenny Galladay had zero catches last week. So they're number two. What what is what are the Giants going to do? I know Saquon looked really fresh. I mean, it's just going to be a ground and pound game. That 39 and a half, like I said, is the lowest under this week. And it is that way for a reason. I'm Sticking with you, Johnny, I'm taking the under in this game because it's going to be boring. It's going to be ugly. And I don't know who's going to win the game, but I do know that under is going to hit. I mean, this frankly, I don't care. 
No, why would you? Like, who cares who wins this game? Why? I mean, literally, the the th- this is so pointless. It's just like two horrible teams beating the shit out of each other. They might as well just go b- drink a bunch of pitchers of beer at a bar in New York and literally just get into a fist fight in the street. I mean, by far is going to be the least watched game of the week. By far. This feels like it could be like a 14 to 13 game, honestly. I mean, it's 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 not setting up well. Um, let's move forward to maybe one of the better games of the slate. And had you said this uh, before the season, maybe we would have laughed at you. But the Jacksonville Jaguars go on the road to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm not kidding you guys. This could be my wildest take of the night. I think this is a huge trap game for the Eagles. Now, I will say this. I think the Eagles should, could, and will win. But the Jaguars, they are frisky. Um, I think we nailed the, I think we nailed the uh, what's the expression I'm looking for? Nailed the nail in the head on this one when we talked about the how, nail on the head. Yes, we hit the nail on the head with Jacksonville <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence getting um, into a system with a coach that has a proven track record of just being competent and also having a Super Bowl pedigree. Um, he looks like a completely different player. And quite frankly, it's great to see. Um, you know, he was put in a horrible situation last year. James Robinson balling right now um, through the first uh, three weeks of the season. Kind of a surprise because everybody's been high on Travis Etienne. And James Robinson has taken his chances, taken his opportunities, and has continued to shine. And shout out to Missouri Valley for that. Shout out, um, on the flip side, the Eagles are really good, guys. Um, I think through the first three weeks of the season, uh, they are the best team in the NFL. Um, and that's solely based on three weeks. A lot can change. Um, do I think that they have what it takes to go deep in the playoffs? Yes. Their defense is nasty. Jalen Hurts having an MVP candidate season so far through three weeks. Back in Philadelphia. Um, it almost is like it's setting up too good or too well for the Eagles to go four and zero here. Um, I do think that I'm going to pick the Eagles to win the game, but I am all over Jacksonville plus six and a half here. I think this game is a field goal game. Give me the frisky cats against the frisky birds. Um, The Eagles will win. Jacksonville will cover. This should be a really good game. Blaine, what do you think? I think we're underestimating both of these defenses. We talk about the offense of Jalen Hurts or or how good Jacksonville has been to be able to score points. I mean, heck, they put a ton up on a great Chargers defense. Trevon Walker and Devin Lloyd as rookies have changed what Jacksonville's doing. And they have, you know, I think with what, what Jalen Hurts can do and what the Eagles can do, I think there's a lot here to be said about Doug Peterson revenge game going into Philadelphia with a good defense, with a good offensive plan. This game's going to be a lot of fun. I don't necessarily see it as a trap game. I see Jacksonville as maybe scheming it up and beating Philadelphia here. I mean, it's it's going to be awesome. I said earlier in the pod that I don't think a freight train could stop the Eagles, but this is almost a perfect storm with Doug Peterson going back to Philadelphia. There's going to be a lot of booing going on by the Philadelphia Eagles crowd. And if I were to say last week, obviously, or, or last game, obviously it's one I'm not going to watch. This is one I am going to watch. And this is probably my best game of the week. I'll take Jaguars plus some points here. 
I love that, Blaine. I, I have that point here on my notes too. That, that this front seven with Walker and Lloyd is is just different, man. Like Josh Allen's a good player too on that defense, but the the addition of these two players has just in three games completely changed how you look at this Jaguars defense. So I am, you know, Blaine nailed the Devin Lloyd thing like pre-draft. It was all over this linebacker. Said he should have been the first linebacker taken, and this guy's freaking awesome. So. Um, I have dubbed, I have personally claimed the Jaguars as my own. These are the Johnny Road Jags. Yeah. I was all, all over them week one. Week one. Oh, I feel bad for that. Week two was all over them until I said this when Blaine wasn't here. I was all over them until about an hour before the game, and then I ended up betting on the the Colts. I let Blaine talk me out of the Jaguars, which is not Blaine's fault. That's my fault for being soft. I'll take you gotta it. Stick, you got to stick to your guns. Um, but – I was all over the Jags last week. The Jags are going to jag off in this spot, and it's going to be freaking awesome to watch. Trevor Lawrence was the AFC player of the week last year, uh, the AFC offensive player of the week last year. And then on the Eagles side of things, defensive end Brandon Graham was the NFC defensive player of the week. We have some guys playing great football right now. Um, The Jags have the second best point differential in the league, plus 46. The Eagles have the third plus 36. So we have just two teams that are playing great football over the last, you know, this to start this season, the Jags should have beaten the commanders. It was such bullshit. Um, and I love the Jags plus six and a half here. And in, on my, in, in my book that I use um, Jags money line is plus two, four, two thirty, plus two thirty. I mean, I am very tempted to sprinkle on the Jags to outright win this game. Um, but but my favorite bet of the entire week, and I'm, I'm not telling people to do that. What I am telling people is, is that my favorite bet of the week is Jaguars plus six and a half. That's a lot of points. And if you wanted to tease it even higher, you could. Let's go Jags. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a really awesome game. Uh, on the flip side to that awesome game, we arrive at another stinker. We haven't had a stinker since um, I declared – well, I guess we haven't had one since Chicago at New York. Uh, that's kind of a stinker. This also involves another New York team. The New York Jets travel just a little bit southwest to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Woof. The Steelers, uh, I don't know really what you can say about the Steelers. Without T.J. Watt, this team is just completely different. Um, we already alluded to it. One player really makes a difference uh, sometimes, and the Steelers are an absolute prime definition of that. They need T.J. Watt out there. They're a completely different team without him. On the flip side, the Jets might be getting Zach Wilson back, and I don't know that you rush him back, honestly. Um, He just got cleared. I say you go Flacco for another week, but I'm not the coach. New York Jets, uh, say something nice about them. My offensive player of the year, I believe I picked Garrett Wilson. If I am, if I'm not uh, offensive rookie of the year, if I'm not mistaken, he's been playing really well as these weeks have gone on. Um, just getting better and better week in and week out. Had his best game of his young career last weekend. For some reason, I kind of like Jets plus three here. Um, on the road in Pittsburgh, I just don't know that I like Pittsburgh's offense at all. Trubisky, ugh. and the Jets' defense. The Jets are playing a little bit better on defense. Um, Sauce Gardner, my defensive rookie of the year, thanks Chandler. Um, 
I like kind of what the Jets are doing on this defense. I think they can keep it around this number. I see this as like a one-point to three-point game, and I'm going to take the Jets here in this one, Blaine. What do you think? I'm going to go Pittsburgh, and it, it, it it's tough. I mean, it really is tough because Flacco's thrown for quite a few yards. May, may these be getting back in the game yards, but Trubisky's just been bad. It's, it's a great point. It might be Kenny Pickett time in Pittsburgh, and I think if this goes south early – that crowd at Pittsburgh is going to be chanting, pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it, well, with their lungs. I mean, Trubisky's thrown two touchdowns in three games. You can't do that, especially with the weapons that he has. But ultimately, I think Pittsburgh's a better team here. Um, Jets have surprised me a little bit in a few spots, but I'm going to go Pittsburgh. No true rhyme or reason, but um, I, I just think they're better. Not a chance in hell I would bet this game. Uh, my book is not even allowing uh, me to bet it because of – I think just because, like, there's a chance, like, Zach Wilson wakes up on Sunday and his knee's hurting or something like that. So, um, th- if the Steelers are down at the half, Kenny Pickett will come will be the, will be on the field for the third quarter. It is dangerously close. And I know a lot of people are saying if you if you look at the Steelers' schedule after this game, it is an absolute gauntlet. So like Mike Tomlin is saying that he would rather, like he, he's saying it without saying it, but he would rather just Trubisky just go through the gauntlet. They get their ass kicked, and he will just shoulder the blame from the media and the fans rather than just toss Kenny Pickett out there and let him get you know either sink or swim. Um, but I, I truthfully think like there's a chance he could play in the third quarter here if the Steelers look terrible. Um, again, I would not bet this game, uh, but I I would just take like Pittsburgh as a three point home favorite here if I had to bet it. But I I don't really like it. I think Blaine's got something. Yeah, I truly. If watch this game early in the day, if Zach Wilson does end up starting, I'm hammering Pittsburgh just because I don't believe him off of a comeback off an injury and what he's done in the past. I think Flacco is better or has shown to be better anyways. And if they throw Wilson in there, Pittsburgh, I I know without Bosa, but Pittsburgh secondary is real. And I I think if Wilson plays, they're screwed. So Wilson stinks. I I actually think Wilson might stink. I mean, he, he pulls, I mean, he fucks, but like he stinks. He does have dog in him apparently. That's what they say. Real quick stat about Flacco. 155 passing attempts so far through three wow. games. I mean, that is just – you that that is absurd. Um, for a guy who is 37, Elite. hasn't been playing uh, consistently the past couple of years, um, to throw him out there and just throw the ball around the yard. Blaine? You, you're talking to me, and this is my best bet of the week. Hammer Pittsburgh with the points here. Spread, money line, whatever you want to take. I'm all in on Pittsburgh this week. Wow. Best bet of the week from Blaine Wheeler is the Pittsburgh Steelers versus Trubisky. Yeah. <laughs> Trubisky, best bet of the week. Come on, Blaine. I mean, hey, hey, he likes it. He likes it. He's riding it. I love it. Maybe the best game of the week um, outside of Chiefs at Tampa. The Buffalo Bills will travel south just a little bit to Baltimore, Maryland to take on the Baltimore Ravens at the Crab Cake, as Chris Berman uh, so lovingly puts it. What a game this is going to be between two of the best quarterbacks in the AFC, not just the AFC, the NFL. 
this is a real toss up for me with, and, and it, it probably wasn't before Buffalo has just been ravished with defensive injuries. I think that with those injuries, this Baltimore offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. Um, I think this is a shoot out. Um, as Johnny awesomely put it, the Ravens secondary has a bunch of lawn chairs in it right now. It seems like they cannot cover anybody. Um, and and if Buffalo continues to do this, all this throwing around the yard with Josh Allen, um, this game just has shootout. I'm hitting the over. That could be my best bet of the week right there is the over in this game. But um, diving into the more of the X's and O's, as much as I really do like Buffalo, and I even picked them to go to the Super Bowl, I think they are really dependent on Josh Allen. Now, that could sound like a duh statement, but good God. I mean, they are asking this guy to do everything. And in terms of him last week, Blaine, what did you say he threw 40? How many times did he throw it last week? 63 times? 63 times. I don't care who you are. That is far too many attempts and asking him to do everything. And eventually, it's just not going to work in your favor. And um, I'm taking Baltimore here at home. Um, For some reason, I think they're going to have issues uh, up front containing Lamar. They're banged up on all levels except for the linebackers. Um, But they can only do so much when they got offensive linemen in their face. And I feel like Baltimore is going to run the shit out of the football um, on Sunday against this Buffalo Bills team and see if they can stop them. Um, It's going to be a great game. I'm going Baltimore here. Blaine, what do you think? I, I, one of my best friends at work is a Buffalo Bills diehard. He thinks that they might lose this game, but I don't think so. I mean, I truly think the Ravens secondary, like you mentioned, great point Chandler banged up, but the Ravens pass rush just hasn't been there at all. Miami, Miami foot put up 42. Um, they beat the jets pretty handily, but the, the freaking Patriots put up 26 and the Patriots have an absolutely inept offense. I think Josh Allen has a chance to go into Baltimore into the bank and wreck some havoc on this defense. Tough game, really, really fun game, but um, Lamar prove it game. You've been really good through three weeks. Let me see it again here against the Buffalo bills banged up defense, but still good defense. I'm going to go ahead and take the bills here. I think they need to win this game and I think they're going to. I have a lot to say about this game, so I'll try to make it as quick as I can. I love this game. I'm looking say what forward you want, to this. brother. Oh, say this, what you want. This is such a sick game. So a couple of veterans have been added to these teams, guys. The Bills' secondary is absolutely decimated um, with injuries. They signed Xavier Rhodes, um, veteran corner, to their team. I don't know if he's going to be able to go this week. I just haven't seen. I haven't seen if they're planning to play him, but uh, he did sign with them. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul signed last week with the Ravens. They have no edge rush. And Harbaugh said he's he doesn't know if, he, if he's going to go this weekend, but if he does, of course, that will, that will be somewhat of a boost. Um, I thought that outburst from Ken Dorsey was hilarious in the Bills' loss when he was slamming that stuff around. Um, I actually like – I love that kind of stuff. Like anyone who's like – I saw like Kyle Brand and some other dumbasses on TV were like, oh, it's reprehensible behavior. Like yeah, I cannot yeah. believe that. Shut the fuck up, Kyle Brandt. Such a bitch. Anyways, um, uh, Lamar is absolutely balling. Uh, he's got the most fantasy points in all of fantasy football. 
and the fifth most if you take out his rushing. Um, uh, sorry, the fifth most for quarterbacks if you take out his rushing. So, like, if you take out his passing, he's the RB11. Like, yeah. this guy is insane. Right. He's so good in fantasy football. Um, and I think this is a real prove-it spot for him. Like, if he can win this game, he's going to get such a big bag. I mean, of course, you want to see more stuff, but, like, having the bill – beating the Bills – uh, you know, when you're going to the negotiating table, this coming off season would be huge for Lamar. Um, I was looking at the Bills injuries too, because the Bills are, you know, like I said, decimated. Um, I saw they they did get Jordan Poyer back limited, uh, but Jordan Phillips didn't practice. Um, offensive line, Deion Dawkins didn't practice, and and Von Miller didn't, but that was just a Veterans Day rest. So like the Bills are getting some guys back, and the Ravens really aren't. I want to bet the Bills here. And here's why I'm not going to Blaine. And I want to hear what you think about this. And Chandler, you too, but, but Blaine, because he was on the Bills side. The Bills are 0-7 going back to the start of last year in one-score games. Nice. Do, do you guys put any stock into that? The line is Bills minus three. If that stat is true, then the Ravens are the bet here. Blaine? Yeah, and you saw Josh Allen. I think it, it's a testament to him. Fourth and goal, wide open. McKenzie dirted it. Ball game. Dirted it. And he's done that so many times, and I think it's a testament to that. But one stat that I'm looking at for this game is, you know, make Lamar be Lamar. We've seen it throughout the playoffs as his career has been. Buffalo has the sec second best rushing defense in the NFL. Stop what they do well. Make him throw. I know their secondary is limited at, at, in Buffalo, but make him do it, even against backups, and we'll see what happens. I think Buffalo can stop Baltimore's rushing attack, and I think they're going to win this game. So we'll see. He, he, Lamar leads the league in passing touchdowns. He leads he the can, league. He, can, he leads. Yeah. He leads the league in like I don't know which one it is, but I think it's both. I think it's quarterback rating and passer rating. Like yeah. Lamar is balling right now in all facets of the game and Blaine I was with you like I was not sold on you know, I love Lamar in fantasy football I've had him like every year I, I I was not sold on him as a thrower of the football and it's through it's three games it's a small sample size this year but through three games he's balling bro and he's thrown some pretty balls like go watch some highlights it's 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 there but you know, part of me just is, let me say it again, against a good defense. So we'll see. Yep. I'll take Ravens plus three. I didn't ever say my Love it. Um, the last game of the noon slate, uh, I say I'm putting the stinky label on this one. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers go to Houston. Um, we know what Houston is. They're just kind of a scrappy team, but they're not very good. I'm going to spend my time on the Chargers. And, and just – I mean, in just such typical Chargers fashion, I mean, they are not what everybody thought they were. Um, and, and myself included, in my opinion, um, they just do this every year. Now, I know it's only three weeks of the season. They're banged up. and and But quite frankly, that's just not an excuse for this team that was supposed to be world beaters and we're going to win the AFC West and, and overthrowing the Chiefs. Uh, West, you know, dominance and yada, yada, yada. The list goes on. I just think that they're they're just kind of boring um, for having the guys that they have, for having Herbert. I know he's been banged up, um, you know, another week. I, I don't understand at all why he was even playing against the Jaguars. I mean, at the end of the day, you lose, you lose your week three game 
Who cares? Get Herbert healthy. Um, let Chase Daniel be the starting quarterback for that game against the Jaguars because I don't think it was going to matter. The Jaguars flat out just put it on the Chargers. And and there's reports everywhere about this team's not not a lot of confidence in Staley right now. Kind of seems like they're kind of losing the leadership role. Um, and, and their offense is just boring. I, I don't really understand why the offense is so boring. Uh, I would expect or I'm, you know, predicting that there might be some sort of midseason change of the offensive coordinator position because it's just not – it's 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 inexcusable for this offense to look just so boring um, in terms of the guys they have. I think they win this game, frankly, because Houston's just not going to be good enough at the end of the day to beat the Chargers. But look for the Houston Texans to scrap this one around and make this a little bit more interesting than what we might think. But it's just funny to me that the Chargers are are, are here again in the situation with their the greatest roster in the NFL and Mac and Bosa, who, oh, by the way, Bosa heading to the IR. Obviously, I'm not here rooting for injury or whatever, but that's part of the game. And he will not be out there for the foreseeable future and maybe even the, the extended future if, if he has some sort of surgery complications as he heads towards the surgery table. But this Chargers team has some soul searching to do if they want to be a legit contender in the AFC. They have to dig deep and figure it out because it doesn't look great right now in Los Angeles for the Chargers, Johnny. No, it doesn't. They're incredible young left tackle. Rayshon Slater's out for the season. Torres biceps. Like I, I, I th- they do this every year. Every year. And you know what I think is holding them back right now? Injuries aside, guys, I think I think Brandon Staley is fake news. He's 10 and 10 as a head coach. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is 16 and 19 as a as a starter in this league. Why are they losing so much? They just cannot get out of their own fucking way. And uh, you know, selfishly, hell yeah, I love to see the Chargers lose. I don't want to see Herbert, you know, with broken rib cartilage and stuff. And I don't want to see their players get hurt. You know, I want to beat the Chargers when they're at full force, but um, they're one and two. And look, they're they're gonna win this game, but guys, would it it, it would be the most in-line Chargers thing in the world if they lost this game at Houston. Like just dicked around. It would just make total sense. And fit the bill if they if they didn't get the job done. Brandon Staley was asked. I sent you guys some stuff. He was asked some really good questions, in my opinion, by the media this week about why he was leaving those guys out there in in the game. In fact, you know they were getting they were down like they were the game was over. It was the Chargers' last drive of the game. Wide receiver Jalen Guyton, a speedster for them blows his knee out on the last drive of the game on a pass from Justin Herbert and had no reason to be out there. And so, and you could tell Staley was kind of on the back foot a little bit. Like he looked like I'm not, like I thought the guy was going to burst into tears and cry. The Chargers are in a bad spot right now, but playing the Houston Texans is always the best medicine for being in a bad spot. So I'll take the Chargers minus five. I think the lead up to this game with chargers injuries and everything that's going on makes us want to not bet the chargers. But I think all of that considered, I mean, Houston, Indianapolis was bad week one. They tied Denver has been horrible through three weeks 
they lost to Denver. And then they just lost to Chicago, guys. I mean, the Chargers are talented. Beside no Slater, besides Boza, they're still really good. I truly think the Chargers might blow out Houston here. I'm going to step out on a limb and say that there's there's no chance that Houston wins this game. And I think the Chargers are going to go out. They need this game. They're going to win this game. And I'm taking the Chargers with the points and firmly. Yeah. Well, boys, it's that time of the episode where we break up the slate and we go over the figured out NFL pick em pool challenge. Uh, let's go through the standings real fast. But before we do that, I had to admit, completely slipped my mind, forgot to flip or fill out my uh, my pool this past week. Really hurts me in the rankings, actually. Uh, dropped me all the way down to 12. I sit in 12th place with 12 total points. Tough to swallow, but hey, that's why you have to come back and you have to grind throughout the rest of the year. A lot of season left. Blaine Wheeler, you had the number one week three. You had the best week three. You scored 11 points. You sit firmly in fifth place with 18 points. Moving to the top three, the pride of Higginsville remains at the top. Matt Gibson sits at 27 points through three weeks. He's gone 10-7-10 um, in his first three weeks. Great showing here from the Higginsville legend himself, according to Blaine. Second place, Josh Wilbrand. He's been a consistent guy, 8-8-8 eight and, eight, eight and eight through three weeks, sits in second at 24. Caleb Briggs, my, uh, my roommate's little brother, <laughs> sits in third place at 22. He picks up an eight spot. Brennan Withrow. Fourth place at 21. That's your top four right there. Blaine, you're in fifth. Tied for fifth with two other guys, Bo Mackey and my buddy Rhett Weissman down here in the Cape. Um, this is a really good competition, Blaine. I'm really glad you put this together. Hey, I missed a week, and I'm still in fifth. Come yeah. on, listen to me. Listen. You missed a week, and you sit in fifth, but oh, by the way, I missed a week, so don't let me get back into the rankings here, Blaine. Johnny Rowe? I think I missed two weeks. Fuck. He's missed two weeks. <laughs> Johnny Rowe sits in 16th. He committed the same sin I did. Did not fill out his pod, but it's okay. All three of us have a week where we haven't filled out um, at least one week. Johnny missed the first week uh, completely, so we won't hold that one against him. So he's only not filled out one. He sits in 16th with five points tied uh, for last with our buddy Hayden Nichols. We will continue to monitor the standings. This has been a lot of fun. I really like this uh, this pool that we have. It gives the listeners something to, uh, to see their knowledge and test their knowledge against the Figure It Out podcast. Hell, the winner of this pool might have to have him on. I might have to have him on the show. Matt Gibson wins it. Might have to put them on, you know. We, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how that goes. Let's jump into the afternoon slate. First game of the afternoon slate. I'm gonna I'm gonna tag the uh, the stinky tag on this game. Arizona travels east to take on the Carolina Panthers, who picked up their first win on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints, as we alluded to. In a, in, in th this game, guys, what what are the Cardinals? Really, what are the Cardinals at the end of the day? Um, a team that had a lot of preseason hype, a team that most people, I would say, picked to probably make the playoffs. I don't even know if they're going to finish. Well, they probably will finish third in their division because the Seahawks will be last in that division. But good Lord, um, Kingsbury, not a good start to the year uh, in a coaching sense. They should not have beaten the Raiders. 
I really, truly do not know how to go about this game. Um, the Panthers, I mean, do you guys remember a guy named Robbie Anderson? I mean, that guy had an absolute fall uh, to hell. He fell to hell. He, I have not seen or heard him this entire season. Um, it really is a pick in my opinion. And when it comes down to that, in my brain, I picked the home team. Um, the Carolina Panthers are going to win this game. A number here that stands out to me, $19 to go to this game if you're in the Charlotte area. Go ahead and pick yourself up a ticket. Go watch the NFL game live if you want to. But I really wouldn't blame you if you don't go, Johnny. What do you think? Well, I'm just shocked that Carolina – and not – I mean, shocked is the wrong word. I'm surprised that Carolina is favored by one and a half here. Um, I've been saying for weeks now that Cliff Kingsbury is also fake news, like Brandon Staley. This guy – I think one of the – one of the biggest indications um, for me this season that Cliff is not good is how much of a stud Christian Kirk has become in Jacksonville. And Christian Kirk like never had more than like seven or 800 yards receiving in, in Arizona. So I, I, I think that Arizona is like in a position where, if you know if they lose this game and they lose a few more here, like Cliff could legit really be on the hot seat, and their their general manager, right? And Steve Kime, is that his name? Like that, yeah. both of these yep. both of these guys could be in big big trouble. And um, you know, I it's kind of sinister, but I kind of hope that they go through some more trouble because they are the in season hard knocks team, and I would love to see the tension in that building. Um, as they go about about a season from hell, they still don't have DeAndre Hopkins. He's suspended the first six games. Fantasy wise, Marquise Brown has been a great pick. If people have had him, he's just getting catch after catch. And if you're in a full PPR league, Marquise Brown's been um, a real piece for you there. But um, if I had to pick something to bet here, uh, I, I hate this game, but uh, I would actually take. The, the 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 Cardinals with the points here plus one and a half the Panthers for everything that I just said about the potential of where the Cardinals could be this year the, the Panthers are in that position right now like Matt Rule's got the hottest seat in the entire league Christian McCaffrey was again added to the injury report this week um Baker is the the worst quarterback in the league um and it is just bad in Carolina. And so, um, you know, I picked them last week to beat the Saints in a spot where they absolutely had to win against a division opponent. Um, I think Arizona can win this game here, and I'll take them plus one and a half. You, I mean, you stole it out of my mouth, Johnny. Baker's bad. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's terrible, bro. 550 yards through three games. I mean, that's an average of what? I'm going through here. He's done for 200, 145, 170 with a – 51 completion completion percentage. Are you kidding me? You can't win ball games doing that. So when I look at this game, I'm looking at Kyler versus Baker. I'm taking Kyler and, and Cliff. And really, when I look at the Cardinals, you played the Chiefs, the Raiders. Mind you, the Raiders are 0-3. But the Rams, too. You get Carolina here. You've kept it close with everybody you've played. I think there's a chance here for Arizona before they play Philadelphia. Get a little momentum going beat the Carolina Panthers by a touchdown or two. And 
I, I just have to go Arizona here. I don't believe in anything with Carolina, Baker, Matt Rule at all. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. But can I say one more thing before we move on, Chandler? And if you have something, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I do have no. one more thing about Carolina. Oh, you're fine. Um, I, I mean, Baker's not the worst quarterback in the league, guys. He's pretty just, bad, though. I yes, mean, I completely agree. I completely agree. He is not playing he, well, but he's not the worst quarterback yeah. in the league. He is statistically, by quarterback rating and passer rating, the worst quarterback in the league right now. Fair. Which is kind of what I was saying. There are not very many people that I would take Baker over. That I would take Baker over. No, I, I just looked this up while you're saying. Take a guess what his QBR is, Chandler. Just throw out a number. Fifty-one percent completion percentage, right? Yep. Oh, his QBR is like uh, sixty-one. Um, let me shock you. Eighteen point eight QBR. Oh. Sorry, Baker. I tried to defend you, but I don't know if I can defend that. That is that's atrocious. And maybe I have to retract. He may be the worst quarterback in the league after three weeks. <laughs> Johnny, did you want to say one more thing? Yeah. So I was just brainstorming this. Um, you know, everything points to the Chiefs having a late first round pick again in the upcoming draft. So you're not getting like top tier, you know, true first round talent. What do you guys think about this? The Carolina Panthers signed in the offseason. Do you think there's anything to this? They signed DJ Moore to a three-year, $61 million deal. He is not happy in Carolina. It is really bad. Like, I would not be shocked if he, like, scrubbed his social media of Panthers stuff. And Baker's not throwing him the ball. He is such a dynamic player. I mean, this is a guy who's putting up 1,000-yard seasons with Sam freaking Darnold. Like, this is an amazing player. I don't know. I was just brainstorming today before the podcast, and I was making my notes, and I put a note on here. I think the Chiefs should trade, um, like, a second or second pick or something like – second-round pick or something like that for, for DJ Moore. Would you guys – I mean, you, pro- you probably would love him on the Chiefs, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Sign me, sign me right up for DJ Moore on the Chiefs, please. If, that, if that's a real thing, give it to me. We move forward to the Frozen Tundra which won't be frozen on Sunday, but they host the New England Patriots. Five years ago, this probably would have been Sunday Night Football, uh, but it surely is not now. Um, I'm not going to spend much time on this. I think the Packers roll here. Uh, Patriots more or less going to start Brian Hoyer. Um, Yikes. They already can't score on offense, really. I mean, they had a decent day against uh, uh, Baltimore, but – Green Bay defense is much better than Baltimore's defense, in my opinion. I see the Packers rolling here, Blaine. Yeah, is this a Brian Hoyer game, guys? I think you saw Mac Jones in furious pain. Am I going to bet Brian Hoyer at Lambeau Field? Not a chance. There's really not much I have to say about this. I don't know who the Packers are. I guess if I were to say something, I don't know who the Packers are. I think it's a chance for them to go out there and and score a lot of points and then – um yeah new england might be in a really bad situation three weeks into the year packers there's no chance i'm going to bet on this game um i'll take the packers here but my god let's go to the next one yeah and the next one is a really important game for chiefs kingdom 
in the entire AFC West as Denver goes to Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders in a game of two really underperforming teams. I mean, right now, guys, through three weeks, the AFC West is not making a very good name for itself. Um, it, it, it's it's an underperforming uh, division at this moment. Um, man. Denver is just inept in every sense of the word. I mean, they won on Sunday 11-10 to 10 in one of the worst games I think I might have ever seen in my entire life. I mean, just punt after punt after punt. I mean, they're like a Big Ten noon game on a Saturday morning um, in a cold Iowa City, Iowa, or something like that. I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I I, I feel like something in my mind keeps telling me that, like, Russell's going to figure it out, but he looks bad. And and Nathaniel Hackett hired a, some sort of special advisor to help him with uh, with game management or something. I don't know. That's just not a good recipe in my mind um, at this early in the season. They might have gotten that hire wrong. They uh, and and we've said this before, and I think Johnny really hit this home in, in my brain. I think there's just a legit reason why Seattle was was fine to, to move on from Russell. I just don't know if he has it anymore, guys. He does not look dynamic. He's not running well. This offense, I don't think they believe in him. Um, all of his antics on the sideline and these stupid TikToks are just such a distraction. Nobody is rooting for this guy right now. I don't know anybody in the world. I don't even think Denver fans like this guy right now. This game points to me as the Raiders – getting their first one of the season. I'm all over the Raiders here, in my opinion, Johnny. The Broncos are married to this guy. Like, they have to make it work, yeah. right? Like, it's for five years, multiple draft picks. Like, it's Russ, and if Russ isn't it, like, are the Broncos about to become the next Detroit Lions? Like, this is – it is bad. It's really bad right now. And, um, Chandler, you're right. That was – that was like the worst football game I've seen in a long time. Like there was that game last year when the the wind was blowing like 80 miles an hour in Buffalo between the bills and the Patriots, Mac Jones threw the ball three times, whatever, like that game was infinitely more fun to watch than, than whatever that was 11 to 10, just pathetic. And um, it's not getting any better for, for the Broncos, I think the Raiders actually have a chance to kick their ass here. The Raiders are so much better than 0-3, um, and the Broncos are so much worse than 2-1. and one. Um, uh, McDaniels, though, you guys think Josh McDaniels is it? I just saw a stat that uh, he's over his last 11 games as a head coach. His record's 1-10, um, which I don't love. The line here is Raiders minus 2.5. You know, I – I, I like that. I like Raiders money line. And um, I, I, I do not buy into Russ right now. Like I'm going to have to be proven wrong. If there's anything positive about the Broncos um, offense right now, it would have been like that at last drive or towards the end of the game drive. Russ did start running a little bit. It's just so obvious. He doesn't want to like Russ does not want to get hit. And uh, I, I think that, they're going to, have to figure it out quick because, like I said at the beginning of this this rant here, like he's they're married to this guy, and if it goes poorly, it's going to be bad uh, in Denver. The fans already want Hackett's head on a platter. That's one. That's just one weird thing about the NFL. 
Like you get two great rosters and the Raiders and the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett has completely flushed it down the drain. And the Raiders' decision to move on from Basaccia to McDaniels, like maybe you should have kept the old guy who won you a lot of games and took you to the playoffs, and they might be questioning it uh, right now. But as I look at this, I'm going Raiders too, guys. I think they're more talented. I think they're more comfortable. They lost a lot of close games. I mean, Chargers barely beat them. They should have beat Arizona. They came back versus Tennessee. Obviously, Tennessee dominated that game in the first half, but – I, I just would have a hard time betting on Denver from what I've seen. There's been a lot of primetime Russ and primetime Russ or any kind of Russ has been bad. I'll take my money with Raiders and, and roll with it. I mean, right now, in terms of, of terms of two and one teams, the Denver Broncos are on the same level as the Bears and the Giants right now. They're in bad. percent awful. Yeah. They're, they're just flat out bad right now. Um, I wish I – I'd love to play the Denver Broncos right now. Before we talk about Sunday night, we'll go to Monday night real fast. Um, I think this will be a really good Monday night matchup. The Rams underperforming, in my opinion. They look a little sloppy at times. Um, but I do think there's a little bit to the to the hangover. Um, where is Allen Robinson? Can Allen Robinson please make some sort of can he make some sort of appearance this season? That'd be great. Um, I have him in fantasy on a couple teams. It'd be great to have him out there. I'm going to keep riding him because I think that he has the talent to be, you know, a, a really good receiver in this league. But so far, him and Stafford are on the same page. And I don't know if that has to do with Stafford just seems to be forcing the ball to Cooper Cup, which, I mean – you really can't blame him because it seems like every time he gets the ball in his hands, he's, he's making something happen, but good Lord, you got to pass it around to somebody else. Um, and the Niners, they're better right now with freaking Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that the team believes that they're better with him. I think they have a lot of confidence right now. Um, I know they lost on, on Sunday to Denver, but I think this really kind of sets up for a good bounce back for the Niners here. And I'm going to ride the Niners, Johnny or Blaine, I think. Yeah, you're fine. But it, these two teams are so close. I was just looking up like average yards per game and they're neck and neck, just about at the bottom middle half of underperforming offenses in these, in this league. And so I, you know, when it, when I look at that, and then I turn to the defense, I think the 49ers are more talented across the defensive board than the Los Angeles Rams are. And, that that's what you got to look at is just the finite things. And there's nothing that I can say that why the 49ers are going to win other than I think they stopped Stafford, Allen Robinson, great point Chandler. That was one thing I circled for this game has been absent. Is he old? I don't know what's going on there, but I don't believe in what the Rams have offensively. They haven't shown me anything. I'll take the Niners defense and I'll take the Niners. Um. Yeah, it's so crazy about this league, guys. Like, we spent time, a lot of people spent time talking about, oh, Allen Robinson's going to be amazing. I was one of these people. I mean, the best quarterback Allen Robinson's had is Nick Foles. Like, Blake Bortles threw to him and Fields and Trubisky. And and then, you know, he doesn't put up through three games with Matthew Stafford, easily the best quarterback, and this is easily the best offense he's ever been in. Just such a perplexing league. As soon as you think you have this league figured out, you get a, a huge dose of reality, but I cannot bet 
the 49ers here. Yeah. How are the 49ers yeah. favored by one and a half points? Weird How, game. Weird I mean, game. We, I know you guys just talked about, you know, and I, I said this too, and I, I could be wrong. Like, this team is better with Jimmy Garoppolo. Does Trey Lance lose that game on Monday or, or whatever that was, Sunday night? I don't Very know. Point. Jimmy looked horrible. Jimmy was awful on Monday. And, like, we just shit-talked the Broncos for being awful. They beat Jimmy. Like, yeah. it was really bad for Garoppolo. I mean, for the love of God, he put, he, he got Orlos, Orlovsky off the hook. He just walked out of the back of the end zone for a safety, which wasn't even the worst part of the play because he threw a pick six. So, like, guys, I – I know that the Rams have been underwhelming, but for them to get points on the road here, I know in the past, like, or w- which way does this go? Has McVay owned Shanahan or has Shanahan no. owned McVay? I know which way. Shana- Shanahan, Shanahan has owned McVay. So that's why the books probably got this at one and a half, but I, I can't do it. I mean, this might be similar to how I how I, how I want to bet the Falcons. Like, if you could tease the Rams up to three and a half, I mean, goodness, that sounds like an absolute lock. I mean, I don't, I just don't think the 49ers win this game. Maybe I'm crazy. No, you're not. But it's the same thing for the Rams. They beat the Falcons by four, and then they just barely squeaked it out versus Carolina or versus Arizona. Neither of these teams has shown have shown anything at all, and it makes it so hard to bet. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting game, a weird game betting-wise. Um and it's gonna be it's gonna be a great Monday night matchup. You'd have to imagine. Let's wrap up the show with the the best way we possibly can with Sunday night football and an epic matchup, a rematch of Super Bowl from two years ago. Kansas City Chiefs, our beloved Kansas City Chiefs, travel on the road as of right now to Tampa, Florida, to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Um, what a matchup this is. Um, Tampa, I still think, are trying to figure themselves out offensively. You know, they didn't have Evans last week um, due to suspension. He's back. I hate that he basically got a bye. Um, he's going to be back and fully healthy and ready to go against this Chiefs defense, who played very well in Indianapolis, um, had their backs against the wall, got put in really tough situations. And besides really the end of the game, um, answer the call. Uh, this Chiefs defense is younger. This Chiefs defense is more athletic than it ever has been. And I don't think that they're really scared of this Tom Brady-led offense. Now, I would say that one of the biggest keys to this game is uh, is, is bottling up the running game. Um, and the Chiefs so far have answered that call in terms of teams not being able to run on them um, as effectively as they have in the past. I think that's a huge key in this game. Not Chandler's key to the game. We'll get to that when we talk about the Chiefs' offense. But the defense continues to stop the run, and and it's it's really a really positive thing to see. I really like seeing that. And we know – everyone knows how <clears> – <throat> Everyone knows how much better Tom Brady is when he can establish the run and play off the play action and get guys open for, from guys sucking up to the run. Um, and so far, they just have not been able to do it. They had a chance to beat Green Bay, but it just did, they didn't. Um, this Chief, I think the matchup is really good for this Chiefs defense, guys. I really do. For some weird reason, in my mind, I mean, I don't put any stock into Julio being out there because – 
quite frankly, if he's awake, he's questionable to play. I mean, this guy for his entire career cannot cannot stay healthy. He's questionable right now. Uh, Russell Gage is a decent receiver, but he's not like he's going to scare you. Mike Evans scares you. Absolutely. Chris Godwin coming off injury. He's not 100% yet. Um, from a defensive perspective of this game, I love the way the Chiefs match up. I really do, guys. It scares the shit out of me, Chandler. And your, to your point of the banged-up wide receivers that doesn't scare you, I'm going to take the opposing view of this and say Tampa Bay was not healthy last week. If Russell Gage, Godwin, and Julio are all healthy, I mean, Jalen Watson's got to be really good. Some of these guys got to be really good for us in our secondary. Our secondary has been phenomenal through three weeks. And the sole scare for me is they might not be as good as what we have seen through three weeks, given some of these guys. I mean, you're talking Gage, Godwin, Jones. Scary. Very, very scary with Tom Brady. And if we don't get home, which we did last week, but if we don't, Brady has a chance to cut us up a little bit with our with our new secondary, and uh, I'm a little bit worried about it. I am. So, um, the, the the I hate using words like scared and stuff. Um, <laughs> the matchup, the I know what you guys mean. It just makes us, it makes me feel soft, like because I want to not be scared of anybody. And, you know, <clears throat> I will be, you know, I'm such a man. I'll be watching this game from my couch. I gotta, I just got to get over myself. But uh, th- the matchup that concerns me is Mike Evans because we saw what a big-bodied receiver in Mike Williams did to this secondary. They put Snead on him. They put Watson. Watson actually did better than Snead on Mike Williams. Um, but I think Mike Evans is going to be fresh. He's going to be motivated because the last time we saw him, he got thrown out of the game. And you know, after watching Brady last week and how frustrated he was not having anybody reliable to go to, he's going to go. He's going to go to Mister Reliable and and Mike Evans, somebody like Godwin, who I think is really good. But with the injuries, with his build, like him and Gage, you know, if they throw to Scotty Miller or um, Rashad Perry. Cole Beasley or Brashad Perriman. I actually think the Chiefs can handle some of those guys, um, but it's these big-bodied, contested catch, really stud receivers that I think um, can have some success against this defense. But if this, if that Bucks offensive line continues to perform as poorly as they have, and this Chiefs defensive line Point. continues to perform as impressively as they have, that's really going to rattle. That's going to get to Brady. That's always what's gotten to Brady is pressure. Somebody that can be a huge X factor in this game is Chris Jones. Chris Jones did not practice today. It just said it was personal. It's not injury related. It was personal. So hopefully if he has anything going on in his life, everything is okay and he can go on Sunday. But in the past, Jones has loved going against Brady. He's talked to the media about how he loves sacking Tom Brady. Well, Chris, this could be your last chance to ever do it. And what a way to make up and make amends with the fan base and your teammates after last week's flag than to get like three sacks up the gut against Tom Brady. So um, I don't do key to, keys to games, but if I had to do a key to the game or a key player to watch, um, it would be Chris Jones. Okay, Chandler, what do you got? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, internal pressure has been Tom Brady's kryptonite. I mean, that. For, for as great as he is and the best quarterback ever, uh, 
best football player ever. I mean, that is what gets him off his mark. If he can't sit back there, he's just as immovable as Matt Ryan. He's just a 20 times better football player than Matt Ryan is. I mean, this guy can't, he can barely run. So it is a huge game for Chris Jones, this defensive line to get pressure. Say something nice about Frank Clark, which is something we have not done. He's been playing decently well. Uh, got the okay pressure against Herbert. Um, had a nice. He, pan- he pancaked somebody, Chandler. He literally yeah, threw someone it. on their ass. He played well in Indianapolis, got after Matt Ryan a little bit. I mean, this D-line right now is playing with some serious juice, and they need to bring it on Sunday. Let's flip it over to the offense, which is where this game will be won. Can the Kansas City Chiefs offense handle, maintain, and exploit this Tampa Bay defense, a defense so far that has played exceptionally well, and a defense that comes out today – and has already talking a bunch of crap on the Chiefs offensive line and this Chiefs offense as a whole, um, you know, it's bulletin board material. And that is definitely something that Tom Brady has never had in his career uh, with being in New England. You know, they, I mean, as buttoned up as that franchise is, um, it's never a smart thing to talk uh, before a game, but I do put a little stock into it. I mean, Having watched the offensive line performance from last week, I mean, quite frankly, Shaquille Barrett's uh, his statement today was is honestly warranted, and it really I hope it just positively affects this Chiefs offensive line. I think that they know that they did not play well. Orlando Brown was asked today about the statement, and he said flat out, essentially, I'm paraphrasing here, but he was like, "Yeah, I mean, we did not play well." Him personally had maybe the worst game he's had as a chief um, against the Colts. I mean, he could not do anything right on Sunday, it seemed like. Um, I really do see that this offensive line tries to bounce back um, against this defense, but it's easier said than done. The Stevens can flack it after him. Um, I feel like he, you know, one of the most underrated players in this league is Vita Vey, and he had the huge play on Sunday on the goal line, absolutely obliterating Aaron Jones. I mean, I thought Aaron Jones' spine was going to burst through his stomach um, after watching Vita Vey uh, hit him very hard, fumbled the ball, Buccaneers recovered. It's plays like that that beat you, and the Packers were, were lucky enough to overcome it, but that kind of stuff just cannot happen. Tampa, I believe, is the number one scoring defense in the league, which is cause for serious concern um, with this Chiefs offense. Now, let me talk about our offense. Chandler's key to the game is halftime adjustments. And I'm really calling out this coaching staff this week. This offensive coaching staff is getting called out by me this week because it the at the end of the day, it, the – the players, I said this on our Sunday or our recap pod, the players have to do what they're told to do. At the end of the day, they are listening to what these coaches are saying, and the coaching was not good on the, from an offensive perspective on Sunday. It just flat out wasn't. They came out, they didn't adjust to anything, they didn't run the ball nearly as much as they should have in the second half. Um, they're not getting this. Re- I don't, in my opinion, I don't know that they're getting these receivers going well enough. I really don't. Um, I think they're trying to figure out how to do it, but right now it's just not working. They've got to figure out, A, how to have a scripted set. You know that they're going to have a scripted set. The Chiefs' MO is they come out, and it's difficult to stop them um, in the first few drives of the game. 
But as the games have been going along this season and the chart is started in the Chargers game, it hasn't looked good in the second half. Um, you know, I I put so much in to this coaching staff's ability to get this offense going in the right direction this week in Tampa Bay. Um, and and the good thing is we have Patrick Mahomes. And I really do believe that we can do that. We can figure out how to exploit this defense a little bit. And and I, I it's it's a positive mindset for me, but a mindset that has a lot of a lot of um what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of expectations of this coaching staff and how they scheme up this Tampa Bay defense, guys. Johnny, let's start with you. Well, what better way to get right and to change people's perception of how your offense is operating than to hang a bunch of points and look in rhythm against the best defense so far in the league? The Bucks are surrendering nine points per game. Nine. This is a good defense. And, you know, certainly – I look, I think the Chiefs will be up for the challenge. I will be incredibly disappointed if they look bad on offense again. Um and and Andy said it in his media availability that they, they have not been getting them the coaches have not been getting in the getting the players in a rhythm early into the game they have not been getting them going it's been Andy said it was like sputtery and I think I don't know what, to me that's the right word like it just seems um, like nothing is easy on the offense and and they have to get Patrick like creating outside the pocket to get anything done. Uh, Vita Vea is going to make it incredibly difficult in the middle of the offensive line uh, to run the football, but but use it as a challenge for Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Joe Tooney and the other guys. Use this as a big challenge for them to step up because, I mean, you know, going up against the Colts, the Chiefs had no business um, only scoring 17 points, and the Colts took it as a challenge against the Chiefs, and we should take – the Chiefs need to take to take this – sorry – as a major challenge against this Buccaneers defense. Two other things, and I want to kick it over to Blaine. Um, Chandler, you, you said it about the Shaq Bear quote. It's just, you know, rallying bulletin board material, but whatever. You know, he can shut up. Um, I saw Butker did get a limited participation tag in in practice today. I really hope he can go, but if it's one more week, I saw, I don't know the guy's name, that the Chiefs did sign another kicker. Um, formerly of the Jaguars. Um, so hopefully they can get the special teams corrected for this week. Um, and the last thing I'll say is I think Rojo is going to be active this game, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I think there's a storyline here and uh, they're going to have to be able to, to give the football to somebody who runs hard and Clyde is just too small. Blaine. Yeah, I think there's a chance. And I, I really like that Johnny about Rojo. It's just, something's got to change obviously and this is the week to do it when I was looking back obviously Tampa Bay has the best defense in the league right now but you saw a horrible Dallas week one a figuring it out New Orleans Saints week two and then a Packers who are un have no identity clearly through three weeks Kansas City has a chance here to create their own identity and say okay we had a horrible week last week let's show up Let's establish the run. Let's show that MVS. And whenever we were talking in the group chat, MVS has the fifth worst open score, which is separation is the fifth worst, fifth worst of any wide receiver in the league. Let's show that these guys aren't that bad. Kansas City's offense is still really good. And this is your chance to do it. Coaching staff, 
receivers, Mahomes, interior offensive line. And Chandler, you were alluding to it as, as we've been talking, but um, Chandler, what you were saying is Shaq Barrett came out this week basically saying the Chiefs offensive line is worse or not as good as the backups they saw in that Super Bowl. Bulletin bulletin board material. I mean, if I'm a Kansas City Chief this week, I am furious at how we played last week, and I'm furious at that statement, and I am very, very, very motivated to go show the NFL and the entire world on Sunday night football that we're still the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's what has to be done. Take it personally. This is a personal week. This is a week that you have to show up and you have to act like you're the worst team in the league and you're hungry. There's no more. And and, and you know what? This is the last thing I'll say. I think this chief's team has fell a little victim to everyone telling them how good they are. Yeah. Sometimes I think that we just get in this mode where we have Pat and it's all going to fix itself. And those days are over. Football is not that easy. You can't just roll. And especially at the highest level. You can't just roll out of bed and say, hey, we got this guy. As long as we play okay, he's going to take us to the promised land. Those days are over. Teams aren't going to lie down and and take it from the Chiefs anymore. And it's not over, too. I feel like the Chiefs get bad draws after bad draws. Guys, Tampa Bay in the, the state of Florida on the West Coast is having the biggest event in 100 years with this hurricane. That whole state, that whole city is going to be absolutely electric, fired up. That's a bad spot for the Chiefs. Everything is against the wall for us. you got to go prove it here. And it's going to be tough. But, I mean, you just got to go. Johnny, do we move to your final thought to wrap up the show? Well, are you guys both picking Chiefs minus one? Oh, Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. G- give me all the Kool-Aid. I want Chiefs. to drink the Kool-Aid of the Chiefs. I want to see what this team is made of. I hope yeah. so much that they rise to the occasion. I'll be so fucking proud of this team if they just show up with a giant set of brass balls and kick the Bucks' ass and win this game. And, you know, if they win by one point, I will consider that kicking the Bucks' ass. Like, just beat this team, get back on the winning side of things, and then you come home in week uh, in week five, and you host Monday Night Football, I believe, uh, yep. against the Raiders. So you get you, you you'll have a longer week technically. But um, yeah, I, I'm just so excited for this game, guys. And I I actually think it would be so cool if this game was played in in Minnesota. Like it would be like 99% Chiefs fans. It'd be like another home game. But uh, yeah, it should be an awesome one. Channel, I could do the last word now if you if you'd like. Yes, to. take it away. We're moving into Johnny's final thought, and we will see you guys next week. Johnny, hit me. Okay, so the last word, guys, is it's it's really exciting for us, and it's a message to our listeners. Um, this Friday, uh, we are going to be doing basically a live version of this podcast. Um, unfortunate circumstances, but there is a legend who um, is is a radio host and a broadcaster. And Missouri State uh, graduate, his name's Art Haynes. If you aren't familiar with him, he does work with the Chiefs Radio Network, too. And he's a human being who is just beloved by all. Um, He's going through some health issues right now. And so the three of us are going to be taking over um, for his radio show, which is called Sports Talk. It's on the radio radio station 96.9 The Jock, which is the sports station um, here in Springfield, Missouri. The show is going to run on Friday from 4 to 6 p.m., 
And uh, I will be in the studio, so I'll kind of play Chandler's role and host us and take us in and out of breaks. Um, but we're basically going to be doing more NFL talk, college football talk. If we have some time, we'll talk some baseball, hit some main sports headlines. Of course, say some nice things about Art Haynes, who has an, impacted each one of our lives. And we we wish him the absolute best and um, look forward to the, to the day that we aren't hosting his show anymore. Um, and he is going to be back. But just so, so everyone knows, Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. this Friday, I um, mean, potentially – Fridays indefinitely. The Figure It Out podcast is going to be taking over Sports Talk on 96.9 The Jock in Springfield. You can stream that on 969thejock.com on a smartphone, computer, wherever that is. Be sure to tune in Friday at 4 to 6 to listen to us on live radio. Guys, I'm super excited for this opportunity. The Figure It Out pod going live. Cannot wait. What an episode for week four. Unbelievable slate down the road. As Johnny alluded to, listen to us on the radio Friday afternoon, Friday early evening. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait, boys. Um, Another great episode. That's the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, Johnny Rowe, Blaine Wheeler. Thanks for joining me. Cannot wait to watch some football this weekend, boys. I'll talk to you later, okay? Go Chiefs. See you guys Friday.